This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with a toddler son and a daughter who's a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa, a part-time working mom with two little boys and another on the way. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, changing gears. Plus, Biz has an ant problem, Teresa has bunk beds, and we talk to drag superstar Tempest Dujour. Woo! Teresa, yes. how are you? I mean, I we have bunk oh beds. Oh my God. I just want everybody to know that like right before the show, we always sit down and I, I do the intro and I say, you know, Biz has blah, blah, blah. And I yeah. allude to what I'm going to talk about at the top. And then I ask Teresa, Teresa has, and then she says bunk beds. And then I laugh hysterically yeah. for like a solid minute. She laughed without, at me. Like, yes. oh, at she her. Oh, there was no question. At me. I was laughing. <laughs> the, the tone in my laughter was definitely at Teresa. <laughs> bunk beds are this like elusive thing. We talk mm-hmm. about the bunk beds. I feel feel like recently, thanks to like everything, every catalog you get, like bunk beds are the solutions. They're the new solution yeah. to all things. Yeah. Well, because nobody has enough space. No one has enough space. Yeah. So it's like the bunk bed thing. Yeah. Uh, Teresa's got baby number three on the way. Yep. Bunk beds. But that means you've taken, because last time we talked. No more crib. Yeah. There was still a crib. No more crib. And now there's not a crib. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> just, just sorry, I could interrupt you again. It's, it's just do. such a good. I've been like, <laughs> I've been having this like crazy fucking several weeks, guys. It's just like uh-huh. my week. I think that, but like, it just goes to show you that whatever's happening in your, there's something equally <laughs> insane in terms of magnitude happening in any parent's house yes. anywhere in the country at any moment. It's really oh, okay. true. So. Bye-bye, crib. Hello, yeah. bunk beds. Yeah. How do your kids, who have yet to set fires but have certainly hosed yeah. the house down, how are we How are we doing? Is it like the Brady Bunch or is it It's not? Actually, <laughs> it's so cute. Like, it's so, so fucking cute. Ugh. Like, they love them so much. And they're just, like I said to Jesse, like, we got, it's like we got them new beds yeah. and a jungle gym for their room. Oh my like, God. it's like they're just climbing and playing yeah. and throwing stuff and, and, you know, whatever. Um, and I don't know, it's just really cute. I mean, it's, it's, it's an adjustment. Uh, <laughs> and Oscar's not in a crib, but like, I was already, like, I talked about recently, yeah. I was already kind of in there late at night with him anyway. Yeah. So it's not that different. Um, but I do have to physically keep him in bed, just I like I do wondering. with Simon. Like I did originally with Simon. Like Simon is, he's great. Past he just goes right to sleep. But um, Oscar, like, it's not even like, I don't even have a chance to like try walking yeah. away and see if he'll come. I mean, he won't even just, he he just, I have to physically be yeah. there. But then he's still going to sleep at the same time he's been going to sleep. Right. Like he's still passing out by like 9, 9.30. It's just bourbon Kindle time again for Teresa. Yeah, well, you can't even I do can't that. You bourbon. can't have bourbon. Yeah, yeah but I am, yeah. I'm using my Kindle. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's a little rough. It's just not that different. And I knew it was coming. Yeah. You know, like I knew it was coming. Um, and... I don't know. It's Are you just, leaving the crib set up? Well, this is the that, only thing. Yeah. Okay. So we actually we got a um, we got a new crib because our our neighbor had a fancy crib Ooh. that their kids grew out of that they got from somebody. Yeah. That is like 
I mean, we have like the sixty nine dollar yeah, IKEA, IKEA yeah. piece of shit crib, which has been fine. Yeah, but they had this fancy crib right. that they were looking to get rid of. So we're like, yeah, we're totally gonna take that. <laughs> um, so we're taking that for the baby number three. Um, so we will actually be taking Oscar's crib out of that room and mm. putting in the new one in a few months. But the question is, how but, long? Well, the thing is, is that. It's really crowded in there. I know. It's so crowded. Like, I think we might have to get the, um, right now we have a little love seat in there, which is where I would, like, sit to nurse Oscar when he was a baby, like, in the middle of the night. It's also where we sit to do, like, our bedtime books. And we just use that. Yeah. That's our sitting area in the room. But um, and the bunk beds like it's the same footprint as before with like where Simon lives, but it feels really big. And so like when I walk in there now, like the kids don't seem to care at all. But I feel really cramped. Yeah, like I feel really like. Oh, uh, and it's like it's messy so fast. Yeah. Like it just feels always messy because there's like no room. So. We will cross that bridge Yo, when good it comes choice. to it. Good you choice. know what I mean? Like I enjoy this. Here bridges, we are. Those bridges are are needed to get across things. Thank you. That's what bridges are for. Yes. Good job. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I, How are you? I'm I, <laughs> 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 making it. <laughs> do, 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 do. Nobody, unless you're like a Meatballs fan, uh, then no one knows that Super 70s disco hit, Making It, mm-hmm. which is my current theme song in life. <laughs> Making it. I like it. Uh, it's very then, encouraging. Ooh, ooh, ooh. It's like an eight-minute-long disco song. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, how you feel about an eight-minute-long disco song is how I feel about... <laughs> Oh, I'm sludging through life oh, right now. Yeah. No, no. All right. So, so uh, as many people remember who have listened to the show, uh, Katie Bell went through a small phase in which she was a ladybug, and uh, <laughs> it brought me almost to the edge of breaking uh, with her. It's like, what does a ladybug say? Anyway, she would like make this DT. She would only make the DT, and she would want you to understand what she was saying. That was the only way she was going to communicate. The only way she was going to communicate. Yeah, right. And that's one of those weird moments that no one tells you is going to happen as a parent, and you go, what the fuck? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Okay, well, Ellis has his. Uh, new, <laughs> I call it his ladybug, but it is, he is, and this has been going on actually for a while, uh-huh. but I didn't realize it was to the ladybug, uh, it wasn't like Death Con ladybug uh-huh. yet, because I needed to see how long this was going to last. Right, yeah. Well, for a while now, like so far back now, but I can't remember when it started, Ellis is an ant, and I, so, and it, it, this is how it goes, so I can't say anything to him, like, all right, baby, it's time for bed, I'm an ant. Oh. Okay, aunt, it's time for bed. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it, it, from from as simple as that to like <laughs> to stuff like you know he's getting dressed. I'm like, oh, we're gonna get our pants on. Here comes Mr. Pants. I'm an aunt. Uh, <laughs> all right, you're an aunt. There's whenever I refer to him as anything other than aunt, yeah. no matter even if it's like, who is my sweet baby boy? Right. I love my baby. Yeah. Aunt, I'm an aunt. Yeah. Aunt, aunt, I am an aunt. Uh, and this has been going on for a really his 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 pronouns likely have sorted themselves out uh-huh. over this last year. But in terms of referring to himself, mm-hmm. it is only aunt, to the point where it like really catches you, and he'll do it to anybody. Huh. Like anybody, like a Stefan, and like it just catches you off guard. Right. You're like, I know you're an aunt, and for whatever it doesn't, reason, it doesn't, it's not actually relevant. It's to just anything. like, right. So it's just like, okay, let's, 
it's all still everything is still status quo except you're an ant. Got yeah. it. And it doesn't like work to my advantage. Like, oh, it's ant food. Eat your oh, ant food yeah, dinner. Like right. he doesn't. That doesn't right. work. Is he also playing? No, ant? no, no, no. He's just he an just ant. is an ant. He okay. wants to be an ant for Halloween. Okay. So we're gonna make that happen. All right. But the like, it just is this, yeah. and it's just been going on for months and months and months, and I see no like foreseeable like way to stop it like yeah. or i don't care about stopping it i don't care yeah i don't care about anything anymore guys <laughs> like my kids will probably wind up in college and that's the goal yeah. right like everything else my yeah. kid wants to be an aunt that's all right yeah. uh katie bell just wants to eat sugar all day long i no longer care i just my bar guys yep. just keeps i'm like throwing bar i'm like the olympic like medalist in like lowering the bar and then kicking it across the floor. That's great. Isn't it? Yeah. Speaking, lowering the bar or throwing the bar away or maybe taking the bar and looking at it in a different way. <laughs> Today, we are going to talk about the process of changing gears. And we mean that emotionally. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. We have spoken oftentimes on the show about getting into funks mm-hmm. uh, and then having to change gears to get out of that funk. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and they I think that there are varying degrees of the funk. Uh, but who's got the funk? <laughs> we got the funk. Sorry. I feel like maybe we could talk a little bit more about that as a whole topic yeah. about uh, getting into these places and then having to get out because it. I almost hate starting off the conversation with this point, but I feel like this is like how you have to set it up Mm. and why it's worth talking about is because I think there are lots of other aspects of our lives, uh, pre-kids, where if you got into a funk, you, the expectations to get out of said funk Mm -hmm. aren't necessarily there right away. Like let's say something happens at work, you can like debrief overnight and then come back the next day and get your head on straight. Something happens at school, something happens with a family member, or you blow up with a friend. Like you have You're just in a shitty mood sometimes and you're like, I'm just gonna watch TV. Right. I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, exactly. You get this chance to be to to break, but once you're in the role of parents uh, whatever the situation that's going on in terms of your setup and your dynamic of work mm-hmm. or whatever, family, who's there, who's not there, there really isn't the debrief time that you can get uh, given other circumstances in your life. Like, I mean, because like, you may not, there's not even like the guarantee that you'll get it overnight with a good night's sleep, right? right? Somebody's yeah. waking up, somebody's sick, somebody, you know, yeah. whenever you think you're going to get said time, mm-hmm. It's usually somehow screwed up because we can't control anything. Yay. (laughs) So I kind of wanted to set that up as to why. And I think that catches, I know for me, it catches me off guard, Mm -hmm. which is why I suddenly am like, oh, changing gears is that, why is this important? You know, like, why am I suddenly even faced with asking myself this question? Because it's just another one of those surprises in parenting that you sometimes don't come to until much later in the game of, right. of parenting. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, we were talking about this briefly before the show. I think there are a couple of situations that I would hope that I want you to talk about with us about like what puts us into the funks. 
Yeah. Right? Like, right. I, like you were. Yeah. Because. Yeah. yeah. So I was thinking about this in terms of like there's all kinds of things that can happen to like put me in a bad mood. Right. Like put me in a funk. Um, and. And the question when we're talking about switching gears is like, how do you like, you know, you don't want to stay in that funk. <laughs> no, we're not talking about we're not talking about solving those problems. Right. We're just talking about moving on moving and like on. being able to be present with your kids, present with your partner right. and like have a good day despite whatever put you in that momentary funk. Right. So like so what puts so us in the, the funk? stuff that puts me in the funk is like. Uh, you know, I think we, I think we said there were like three things. Yeah. So like one is like your kid did something that put you in a funk. Like right. either your kid like is hitting or like punching or like your kid having a tantrum having or not a tantrum. eating dinner. Yeah. Like anything or you that... had this grand scheme for the day and right. they don't want to do that or whatever. Like <laughs> right. whatever it is, you got in a <laughs> funk because of something going on with your kid. The other one is like internal not like, self-care. No self-care, like depression, <laughs> like <laughs> sadness, right. whatever. Identity crisis, yeah, I'm whatever. Not, I'm not okay. That <laughs> this will not be my life. <laughs> um, we're laughing at the saddest one. Oh, always. Um, and then the third one is like something unrelated to your kids, but just like something like, you know, you had a fight with one of your parents yeah, or you had a fight with a friend you. or something's going on at work that made you really stressed out. Um, and that is like really distracting. And you're like trying to be present with your kids and your family. And this other thing is like really weighing yeah, on you so and I, making you crazy. And I want to add to that one because I was like, oh, yes. Because for me, what can also get me is if something is happening culturally at large. Oh, sure. Where like, like an election, like an perhaps? election. <laughs> or like if I really like I recently witnessed some serious like gender biasing with mm, my kids. Yeah. And I like it, you know, and then. My brain, right. I can't even sit next to my kids while they get dressed without, like, wrestling with these larger mm, questions yeah. about what are you putting on and what are you saying? Okay. Yeah, so I think there are these external, the external conflicts, conflicts yeah. that we can't let go of. Yeah, or that we bring the, or we haven't let go of yet yeah. in the moment. Like, <laughs> it's not that we can't let go of them forever. Ever. What we're talking about is, like... In the moment. Yeah, because, like, as if, if there aren't kids there and you're just... It's just you. Like, yeah. you can kind of, maybe you have, like, a little more of the luxury of, like, working through some of right. these things. And so the question is, like, because let's acknowledge we don't have to switch gears. Right. We do. And that's another And, and lots can- of times we don't. Oh. We yeah. are unsuccessful yes. at switching gears <laughs> and, like, pulling it together and, like, feeling better. Like, sometimes right. it's really hard to do that. But, but I think, like, the ability to let go of some of that stuff and find a way to switch gears and be really present and like realize like like focus on stuff you're grateful for or whatever is like actually so important for not I'm not talking about for your kids whatever for you for like for us yeah to like to be functional humans like healthy functional humans it's so helpful to be able to have that skill like to be able to put that stuff well that's actually I would like to talk about that yeah I would like to talk because we could spend the whole time talking about why it's so difficult. And we should touch on that. Yeah. Because I, I, it is difficult. Yeah. It is fucking hard to do it. But I do think it's important to focus on 
or to at least explore a little bit like why it is good to do it. Mm-hmm. Because I know that when my long ruts come, like mm-hmm. the long where I'm in the funk of, a, you know, 40,000 years, how many funk song references can I make today? A lot, apparently. <laughs> uh, so when I've been on the funk 40,000 years or whatever, I it is, I know it's because I'm not letting go. And there's this internal conversation in my head that is saying to me, you are supposed to be having fun. Right. And not That in, makes it worse. Right. That yeah. does make it worse. I want to be had yeah. I want to be enjoying yeah. this. Why can't Why I? Why can't I? Yeah. You know, and so uh and sometimes you do have to just work through whatever has gotten yeah. your gears out of whack so that they can be better. Yeah. But like I know for me, like I hear you say, like, oh, we wanted we need to do this for ourselves. And it is such a hard thing to hear. Uh-huh. And to try and rationalize in my head without feeling guilty that I haven't done it already. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I'm not even talking about just this moment. I mean, when that happens yeah. to me, yeah. you know, I, I, because I already feel the guilt of, you know, let's say something's happened with the kids that's thrown me in a funk. Mm-hmm. And I know full well that it is because. They are going through something. It has nothing yeah. to do with me. It has, you know, we'll give the example quickly of the hitting. Yeah. You know, like if Ellis is having a tantrum and he hits me, it's real. I mean, that changed my gears right, you know, right yeah. away. And then, but you know, it's because they're processing and they're struggling and they don't know and it's not intentional. And then they're fine and they're great. And now they're ready to go play. I don't yeah. want to go play. Right. My feelings are hurt. Right. And, you know, and like, I'm supposed to like, <laughs> you know, then my brain goes down that whole road of, I'm supposed to do this? Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to clean for you people? I like yeah. do all this stuff and I still have to do, you know, and then the yeah. president of the world stuff starts to kick in. So I feel guilty that I'm not able to shift with him. And then Katie Bell will come home from school and I still haven't shifted. Right. Yeah. And now I'm like, she's walking into a hornet's right. nest right, and right, I feel right. guilty about that. Yeah. And then Stefan walks in the door and I really feel guilty about that. I mean, he's mm. like, poor Stefan is like, I'm like, I'm sorry. I have just given everything to these yeah. two. And I have nothing, like, I don't even want it. By then, I don't even want to change gears. I want to do the thing, like, as if it's work, and I go home and watch television all night and give myself a break, which then harms that relationship. You know what I mean? Like, it's just weird. So the guilt's already there on how to do that. (laughs) This is sort of like, if I... Admit and look at the beautifulness of what could happen if mm-hmm. I let it go. Like if you know, it's, it's almost too beautiful to look at. Yeah, you know, it's almost too upsetting to see yeah. something so good for a split second. I know. Does that make sense? Does that yeah. Sound well, crazy? actually, you know what? No, that doesn't sound crazy. I actually, what I'm thinking about when you're talking about that, like guilt train, and like how it kind of one choo, thing can. Choo. <laughs> <laughs> All aboard! This is guilt train. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Uh, and like the way that like one thing that happened earlier in the day with one of your kids can like set you off and be really hard to get out of for the rest of the day. There's also, I think this thing that happens to me sometimes that I like really have to like really work hard to like fight, which is that if something hard happens with one of my kids to me, Mm -hmm. like I'm the only one there and it's really hard. It's like, Sometimes I feel like I'm holding on to it Mm. to, like, prove a point that, like, I went through something really hard and, like, I want credit for it. And if I let it go, 
I won't get credit for it. Like, I won't. Do you know yeah, what I'm saying? No, like, I, that is profound. Well, I think that that's real because no, it kind of goes real. to the thing we talk about all the time, which is like nobody sees Give, us doing this. Right. Nobody gives a shit. And so, like, if something really awful like happens with your kids, like they're they say something really hurtful <gasps> to you, or they're really challenging yeah. one day and you're physically exhausted, it's like if you just kind of like let that wash over you and let it go and move on and like don't even report about it to anyone like you don't you you do actually feel better you do let it go but you but it's so hard to get to that point where that's what you want like yeah well that's just it I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm like well now I feel like I deserve the trophy even more you yeah. know what I mean like I mean like that you like if you yeah if you go through it but then you're carrying it yeah. around it's like Look you're waiting for somebody. Yeah, it's like you're waiting for to get acknowledgement. You're waiting to like, which is again really a the only person you could possibly get acknowledgement from would be yeah. your partner in that situation. If that's the situation, or the one you're by another Facebook, group. or the or the one by another. Well, that one is one hundred percent. You'll always get the your trophies there. But like that's really unfair to the partner coming yeah. in because yeah. they can't see it. Yeah, and and they can't really. Do anything. Yeah, like nothing they do is going to <laughs> good, make that. Now, yeah, I mean, even if they it. say good right. job or yeah. whatever, I still don't know the right words, for example, for Stefan to say yeah. to erase that. But you're right. There is you're carrying it around in hopes of recognition. Yeah. Oh. Or just in like kind of you're carrying around like I like I did this I did yeah I did it yeah like do you, you don't, see that I did this exactly it's it's almost like um <laughs> carrying a grudge. You know what I mean? Like exactly like because you're like yeah because you're like they did this to me. You know they did this and then like but it actually has the effect of just making you feel worse. No, like it just yeah. You know what I mean? I know because I would like to be the type of person. Who goes camping with my kids and takes them to late night movies in the park. And we all do everything. And we achieve every Pinterest dream ever. I would like that to be how that is. But I I would like to be the type of of person, Mm -hmm. not even just the type of parent, the type of person Uh who, when the funk hits, I'm able to let it go and then, like, get back into the joy mm-hmm. with the family. Right. That's I w- the goal. That is the goal. That's the goal. And, yeah, all right. Yeah. Show's over. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, like, because it's not just something that happens in a day. Because yeah. this is definitely a snowball one. Yeah. But, like, the sleep. Oh, yeah. Because, like, you can... It it piles up, and even oh, yeah. if you have like a couple of really good days, mm-hmm. and then one thing triggers yeah. a funk, all the other funk yeah. comes right back. Like I have been wrestling with the funk for a while, and I'm really trying to. I'm changing gears. You know, you see you have that conversation <laughs> in your head. We're like, God damn it, you change these gears and enjoy these children. Um, I'm gonna take them to Kid Space Pumpkin Festival. We're gonna go out. We're gonna have so much fun. I got the matching T-shirts. We're gonna go out. We're gonna have this fun. We go out and like it's definitely one of those like abort, abort. You're you are in a funk. This is not yeah. gonna be fun. People are like swinging and dancing with their children, and I'm just like, we're gonna yeah. have hot dogs. You yeah. know? And like everybody has a hot dog, and Ellis is like, does not want the hot dog, and I'm yeah. like, oh, no, we're having fun. Everybody loves hot dogs. Yeah. And he just like smashes that fucking thing right on my chest, and then I'm just oh. crying in the middle of like kid space yeah. while people are like literally dancing with their children. Yeah. It's as if there's a parade. Of dancing cartoon families, like all around oh me, my God. and I'm just sitting there being like, "I'm the one sitting here on this log, 
crying in the middle of this park. Oh my God. And my children don't know. They don't care. No. Like, they're like, whatever. I'm like yeah. peeling the hot dog off my chest. Yeah. But like, if I hadn't, ha- and I know as I sit there, peeling the hot dog <sighs> from my chest. Was there stuff on the Of hot course dog? there was okay. stuff on it. I want Just ketchup. I want, I want ketchup. Here's your hot dog with the ketchup. No ketchup. No hot dog. It's too big. Smash. Okay. So. It's just like a pie in the face. It was like a, it was like a pie in the face. But like, had I not been coming off of so much fuck yeah, that I, I haven't been able to change gears You could have been of, more like resilient it with it. We but, probably would yeah. never have had the hot dog, guys. Right. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right, right. So right. Yeah. there's this residual... Mm. Uh, it's like it is the train that never stops rolling. So, yeah. like, there is an importance to changing gears as well. To st- I don't know how to do this though, mm. Teresa. Mm. <laughs> why did we come up with this topic today? <laughs> I don't. Cause... Well, this is actually this is why we came yeah. up with this topic because we both talked about, about it. So it was suggested fogs. to us, and we both said, "Oh, this that, is a thing. We really struggle with that. Yeah, it can be as simple as." I have been in those places where I've gotten through the day and I'm feeling really good and I'm yeah. going to go do the dinner and it's a dinner that we're all going to eat. And, you know, it's like I have 30 minutes to prepare it. I know I'm going to get it done and I don't have a key ingredient. Uh-huh. And then everything shifts, you know, like you yeah. have to really change gears to then figure out what you're all going to eat and like change right. it. And what do we have? But like that's enough to like to like be to like really in the night or an, a mood yeah. or an attitude like so it's little ones it's not always just the deep funks yeah you know but like i don't i, I really don't know how you okay. change it w- without i mean it could come back to self-care again it could come back it's, to oh, like well, self-care is always part of it right like giving yeah. yourself these moments to debrief but okay i have a i have a comment about okay. this because i know what you're saying i know how you're, i know that you're i know what you're saying which is i don't know how to do this yeah. i don't know how to fix this problem right and I think, like, when we talk about self-care, usually we're talking about, um, like, taking time for yourself mm-hmm. and, like, doing something for you that you want to do that makes you feel good, that right. gives you energy, that gives you that good right. stuff that we need to, like, be humans. <laughs> um, but, like, self-care can also just be being good to yourself mm. in difficult situations. So, like, if you don't have a key ingredient, like... There's like a couple different things you could be like thinking in your right. head. Like if I if I'm in a bad mood and I don't have a key ingredient, let's let's be Sorry, serious. Teresa, this is yeah. never gonna happen because I'm not cooking. <laughs> let's pretend for a minute I did cook. Um, Teresa, just when I was explaining this thing, Teresa just looked at me like, "What?" Yeah. So okay, there's there's uh so let's just pretend that I cook and like, but I'm in a bad mood and I have this dinner plan yeah. and I'm going and my kids are there and I'm going to cook the thing, and the key ingredient is not there, like. The self, the, the like non self care thing to do is like, what the fuck? Right. Why does this always happen? Right. Why does this always happen to me? me. Why didn't I think of this? Right. I don't have anything else. This sucks so much. I'm oh not my the God. My, I was. Night, my night is right. ruined. I hate this. And now I'm feeling terrible again. Yeah. Like, the, it sets off this train, okay? Mm, the self <laughs> care version of this is that it's just a thing that happened. I know. It's just the thing that okay, happened. It's the, so, it's, and you're, and I'm still awesome. I'm great. I'm just gonna figure out something else to do. That's I'm just gonna sticky. figure. That's the like, sticky to put up on the fridge. It's like it's just a thing that happened. That's like the. It seriously is. It's just like that's the new sticky that needs to be about. It's just yeah. A, because as you say that, I go back to your point about 
letting like just letting go of the like of all of the stuff that nobody gives a shit about. Yeah, we've spent like three years of the show <laughs> trying to place importance on. Yeah, but like I envision it as like shedding. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, like it is a lot oh, of garbage. Is, like that is hard to do. It is hard to do. Ugh. But I think like I think we can get better at it with practice. Like well, because if you notice yourself doing that, if you notice yourself doing the whole mm. like. Oh my God! Why does this always happen? Yeah. Why is this happening right now? Of course, it's happening to me. Like, you know, <laughs> are you that, in my kitchen? <laughs> no, because I, I do this. Okay, we all do it right. to some extent. And like, but when I do it, I try to, to go like, Oh yeah, I'm doing that thing. This is this is totally not meaningful of anything. The fact that I don't have whatever it is, just a thing garlic, that happens. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a thing people cook yeah, with. People cook with garlic. Um, like. that's just okay and then it's like okay so but I'm still pretty great what should I do what should I do now pizza night yeah it's cereal night seriously yeah no yeah maybe that's just it maybe this falls into the same category of other things that (laughs) that we have tried to learn which is the like doing a good job just yeah. like I think about how often just saying that has literally affected how I view yeah, yeah. things and I view myself as well as the like we're getting really good at this yeah maybe it is just there's like a new one to add to it in the zen one bad mother parenting lifestyle yeah. that we're trying to create which is the that's just a thing that happened yeah and I'm going to move on now yeah but let me just add one Still thing really to this because if you think about it, actually, the the missing ingredient one is actually an easy one. Oh, a harder that? one to do this about is like your kid acting out because it's harder to just be like, oh, that's just a thing that happened, and we don't always want to have that reaction because it, that's not always the best thing. Because sometimes there is something we need to do to well, yeah. be proactive and like handle the situation. But like there is a way in which we can do it and be mean to ourselves about it, yeah. and and there's a way in which we can do it and be nice to ourselves about it. So like if it was like my kid hitting me super hard square in the eye which happened a yeah. couple nights ago and it hurt yeah. like a fucking bitch yeah. and I cried yeah. I could have said um, like oh my god I'm raising a monster monster right oh my god like I need to d- what I-, I need to fix this I need I'm to not- punish him right. I'm doing a bad job yeah. when I could the self care version of reacting to that would just be like Wow. Like what we say on the show, this is hard. Hard. Kids make a lot of mistakes. I am more patient than my kid. I am more kind than my kid. Right. I can handle this. You know, I, right. we will be okay. Like yeah. my kid is a good kid. This happens. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, like, that's really good. I just, it's back to putting the stickies up because I think it's, I want to add one other thing to that. And I think it's that like, like, I don't want to be dismissive of the difficulty yeah. in in this. I think about, yeah. like, because like, for me, one of my hardest gears to change is when Stefan comes home and once the kids are in bed, it's really hard to, like, like I feel like our lives are not set up to stop thinking about a thing that was happening. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like, every moment, at least for us or for me, is just filled with the next thing that has to get done or be thought about. Uh-huh. So it's really hard to just turn that off yeah. and then be like, look, it's my best friend's home. You no, know what I mean? Like, I know. Let's say, you know, and so, like, it's yeah. because that's part of what it is. Like, I'm parent to my children, mm-hmm. I'm friend and, you know, and lover to my husband. And I, I don't, like, that's a big 
flip flop, right? You know, to, yeah. to change that gear. Well, that's a, that's another type of. Oh, it's a whole other changing right? gears, right? exactly. Like, and we haven't even yeah. uh, we don't have the time today to talk about like how yeah. like that. But I think, I think it's fine mm-hmm. to say though that all these other little gears in the world of parenting really affects how how you then deal with the other people in your life, including your partner or your friend or. Uh, you know, family. It's really hard to change those gears, and and when we are carrying around all that, oh, no one gives a shit. Look what yeah. I did. Yeah, and they don't know what you did. Right. Yeah. It's really hard for them to understand yeah. why you need to change gears. Yeah. You know? So it's a it's a really hard situation that like I think deserves the respect that it exists. It totally right? exists. Right. So like. I don't know. I I guess I guess this falls into the category of this is really hard. Yes. Uh and we should give a shit yeah. for ourselves on this one. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I there's there's not necessarily a a real answer to it other than trying to be aware of it and and maybe little I really liked what you were saying about like am I going to what story am I going to tell myself when something throws me Mm -hmm. am i going to tell myself the i'm doing a horrible job story or am i going to tell myself this is just something that happened yeah and i'm still doing a good job story yeah which i think is what i'm going to take away yeah (laughs) from this conversation One Bad Mother is supported in part by Lego. We all know that some girls like to play with dolls and princesses. Some girls like to play sports. Some girls like to play both because they are dynamic individuals with many facets that make them who they are. (laughs) But what we definitely know is that still in this day and age, uh, somewhere around the age of nine, their self-esteem and confidence in girls begins to drop. They become less likely to take risks and try new things. But, da-da-da-da, Lego can help encourage exploration and stimulate creativity. So Lego has something for every kid, whether it's Ninjago, Minecraft, or a friend set. Learn more at Pinterest.com Lego. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me, Teresa. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Um, so we had a school holiday um, on Wednesday last week, which is just right in the middle of the week. Um, but I just decided to mom up with a couple friends of mine, and we actually took all our kids to Disneyland Whoa! for the day, and um, which was crazy, but like so fun. Yeah. And what was actually the genius moment was that, well, part of it 
that was partly the genius moment. But also, we as we were getting going, I was realizing that like Oscar only pees in the potty chair mm. and like he will not use a public restroom. Um. And I was like, how is this gonna go today? I'm yeah. not gonna carry the potty chair around Ooh. Disneyland. No, that's not happening. So I just went. Okay, we'll see what happens. And like, bring the, some clothes. Br- yeah, I brought some changes of clothes. And like, the first time we tried the potty, he didn't go. And I was just like, fuck, man. Like, I know he needs to go. It's a long drive yeah. to get down there. And then the next time we, he really needed to go after that. And so the next time we went, he just did, did it. it. And then he just did it the whole rest of the goddamn yeah. day. Yeah. And it was so <laughs> awesome because it was like I actually put him in the like uh, f- full immersion. Like yeah. you have no other choice. No choice. And so he just used it. And so that was like us getting over the hump of now using public restrooms. Yeah. Which he's done several times since that oh. day. Oh. So it was really cool. Good job. Yeah. Uh, so my genius is... Uh, I, I have mentioned this on the Facebook group, and we mentioned it earlier on the show. And next week, Teresa and I will be spending a whole show dedicated to hitting <laughs> our children, hitting us. But uh, Ellis, Ellis had a, a, you know, I just forget that I have the kid who's more because you go through the, fa- you know, like he just, I, I think he's not because you're so used to yeah, your own kid. Your kid and yeah. then like the tantrum, we just had a series of real bad tantrums. Uh, and they're at the end of the day, and it's, you know uh-huh. what I mean? It's like, I know exactly why we're having right. them. Yeah. But he's really flinging himself around, and it's like outside, and there's cement, uh, and it's really yeah. dangerous. And it's like watching a fish. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and you've got to stop. So I do the thing, thanks to listening to so many people on the show. <laughs> I, you know, calmly get him, and I'm holding him, yeah. and then I get us inside to the carpet area where it's like nice and safe. And like, I'm holding him. And he's, like, really flipping out, and then he turns around in my arms and slaps me across the face. Oh, I mean, I mean, there have been, like, little pops on the leg where he's hit me here yeah. and there. But this was the full-on face slap. Yeah. And it was awful. I'm so sorry. And my genius is only that I kept it together. Oh, my God. And amazing. got him through the rest yeah. of the tantrum. And then I am still, like... <laughs> Talk about not being able to change you still gears. To cry about I it. Still, I still <laughs> can start crying about it. Yeah. Because I know it's just the yeah. first. There's yeah. going to be more. Yeah. There's more hitting to come. Uh, <laughs> yay. So anyway. It gets, it's it's just, so hard, though. It was Good definitely job. one of those ones where I'm like, I could carry around this really hard thing. Yeah. And I am. And for this moment right here, so I can say I deserve a fucking trophy. And all the parents who go through this deserve fucking trophies. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. old daughter is obsessed with helping me with my chores and it can get kind of obnoxious but here lately I have been allowing her to empty the cutlery basket in the dishwasher so she'll go over there take a handful of spoons well of course I take all the knives out just a <laughs> disclaimer <laughs> um, she takes a handful of like spoons and stuff goes to the cutlery drawer opens it and dumps them in so I have, like, a good two, three, four minutes, depending on how slow she goes, where she's completely obsessed with, you know, putting all the cutlery away. I can just sit back and chill and watch my adorable little toddler (laughs) go back and forth. And honestly, I feel like such a genius because I was able to finish a whole cup of coffee while she did that this morning. So, hooray! Anyway, thank you so much. Bye. 
<laughs> good Yay. job. Good job. Like it's the <laughs> it's like three minutes. Yeah. Which sounds I like uh, you're on a quiz. I know. But you know what? Those three minutes do feel like you're on a cruise when you have like a toddler in the house. Yeah. And good job. And I love it. I just, those are the moments. Yeah. It's like just, a gift. It's a little gift from the parenting gods. <laughs> good job. Good job. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. I have been yelling too much. Um, you took like, my fail. Oh, really? <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Um, yeah, I just like they're just like crazy sometimes, and like the only thing I think to do—I don't even think—I yeah. just do it, and it's loud and it's unpleasant, and mm-hmm. they don't like it, and I don't like it, yeah. and I'm like because I'm pregnant now, like it makes me like really out of breath. <laughs> To yell, which is like, which is like really embarrassing too. Like I'll be like, I just like, I can see basically I'm looking down at myself. Like my other self is looking at myself and just being like, oh my God, like pull it together. Like there's gotta be a better way. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm there with you. Okay. That's a that's it, that's a fail. Yeah. The it yelling. sucks. It doesn't sometimes, work. Sometimes it's like a three-year-long fail, but it's still there. <laughs> still a failure, no matter how much we try and make it a part of our life. Yep. So I'm just, it should come as no surprise to anyone that I'm just back in that place where, you know, oh, did I have an appointment? Well, I didn't keep that. Uh, I didn't even remember yeah. that call. Or yeah. I didn't remember that this was when I had this scheduled. Or, oh, did that was that form supposed to go back? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I am like at such a place where I, I literally at this moment, you guys know, I love the school. I love the work. Yeah. I love all the stuff. I'm just like, why? What, what is the, the benefit of this? She doesn't need to go to school or do any of this work. <laughs> we don't need to do any of that. Like, I just am like, so like, what is the point? Like, I'm just <laughs> like, eh. She'll still go to college if we don't do that pumpkin project. It's yeah. all right. You know, just like, yeah. it's just like, it's like everything yeah. that I need to be like adulting about, uh-huh. I just am completely failing at. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, just hugging. I'm hugging the parenting failure bar. <laughs> I'm hugging it so tight. Hi, this is Teresa. I'm calling with a fail. Uh, I was out with my um, 15 month old. And uh, we had gone to Starbucks because our internet is down. That's a completely different rant. Um, <laughs> and uh, had come home and I, you know, got the baby out of the car and I stood inside and she'd been rubbing her eyes. And I thought, okay, well, she needs a nap. I prepped her a bottle. I got her upstairs. I put her on the changing table and I realized she's really poopy, like a blowout up the back of her diaper, poop all over her clothes. Then, of course, it's all over the changing table. So, okay, fine. I mean, this, this happens. It's been happening more recently. I don't know. <laughs> it's just it's just in that stage. So I get her all cleaned up, and we change her clothes, and I, you know, try to get her down for a nap, but she's not really having any of it, but whatever. She's going to be in her crib because I need a break. And I, you know, I was going to do laundry anyway, so okay, whatever. Not a big deal. I go out to the car because I left everything in the car. And I start unloading the car, and I, I open up the side door where her car seat is, and I catch a whiff of... Oh, I think, oh, oh, no. So I look around, and sure enough, uh, when she she must have pooped either while she was in the car or before she was put in the car, um, because there's poop on her car seat, 
and it's on the she's in a like a booster you know a large five point harness but a booster seat and it's a huge pain kick out and of course I go to pull that luckily it has sort of a liner that she's sitting on I go to pull that out and realize no she's still short enough that that's like hooked through the straps so I'm gonna have to take the entire car seat out and dismantle it because I have to take the whole strap all the straps off and then pull it out luckily we started the wash. But all of this, of course, is happening in a hot garage because it's a million degrees here. And I just, ugh. Of all that, like, like changing all her clothes is a pain. Putting up her and the changing table is kind of a pain. But also having to then go and dismantle the car seat. Mm. I don't even know whose sale this is. Like, it was a stealth poop. I didn't smell it until I had taken her diaper <laughs> off. I'm usually really sensitive to this kind of thing. So, I mean, lucky I went to the car and actually smelled it because, that would have been gross. I don't know if this is like my fail because I was going to dismantle the car seat or maybe my husband's fail because he put her back in our car seat and he didn't notice, but I don't know how he would have noticed. Maybe it's the baby's fail for having a blowout. Let's, let's just go with that one. Okay. Anyway, thanks. I just had to cool blow off you about it. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. That's just one of those. It's really not anybody's fail. It's just. It is a fail. But it's more, yeah, it's yeah. more of a circumstances fail. Yeah. Like just that, like, oh, there went 30 yeah. minutes minimum. Yeah. Probably more. Day. Probably more because then you have to get everything out of the wash. You have to put that, that back on. And it put is. It it's all the straps. Yeah. I can never remember Ugh. which level did the straps go in when I took them out. I know. You know, and if you don't do it right, you got to take the whole thing out again. I know. I, and then you got to go somewhere. So that you got to get it back in the car. Right, exactly. Before, before you have to get to the store or wherever you have to go. <laughs> like, I just... That's just a, that's just oh, a that universal, sucks. that's a fail on you. Yeah. That's like the universe failing all over you. It is. As yeah. opposed to anything you did. Yeah, well, time to potty train. Time to potty. 15 months. 15 months, <laughs> just potty train potty that kid. Train. Yep, that's then you won't have advice. to worry about this anymore. <laughs> it's so easy. <laughs> you are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Third Love with their Try Before Buying program. Did you know that 45% of women actually fall in between bra sizes? Third Love offers sizes AA to G, including signature half cup sizes you won't find anywhere else. And Third Love stands behind their bras so much that they're willing to let listeners try this bra for free for 30 days. Teresa and I got free bras. They're amazing. <laughs> they're the most amazing bras. So wear it, wash it, really live in it. You pay $2.99 up front for shipping. And if it's not your new favorite bra, which it will be because I swear I, mine is walking on its own now. I've worn it so much. <laughs> Returns and exchanges are always free. Visit www.thirdlove.com slash badmother to start your free trial today. Teresa. Yes. Let's call a parent. Great. Today we are calling Tempest Du Jour, who is quite literally a larger-than-life drag superstar. She is an enormously popular entertainer and can be found hosting her wildly wonderful retro game show night headlining Honey Baked Glam and hosting a wide variety of events nationally. 
She can also be seen on season seven of RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, She resides in Tucson, Arizona, where she is also known as Patrick Holt (laughs) and is a professional costume designer and professor at the University of Arizona School of Theater, Film and Television. Welcome, Tempest. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) It is wonderful to have you on. Uh, We would love to start with what we ask all our guests, which is who lives in your house? Who lives in my house? Are, are we talking human or, or non-human or both? Or? L- little A, little B. All of the above. Okay. okay. <laughs> this is where the show well, derails have... every week. Biz likes it if you also if you also have any spirits living in yeah, your house. Oh, if Biz there's any spirits. Biz really likes it if you'll mention I was, them. I, I was I was going to bring up the poltergeist named Nancy, but we'll, we'll, get, we'll get there. <laughs> Goodbye, every question um, no, that I... we had planned. Go ahead. <laughs> Um, uh, I live with my husband, David, and our two children, Mia and August. How old, before we get into whoever else may be in your house, uh, on, on other legs or in the other realm, uh, how old are your kids? Uh, Augie is six and Mimi is ten. Oh, that feels like some sort of prime age. That feels like, that feels like, you know, cocktail hour has returned to the house age. Is that like, we have very little children. It's that age where they just they they think that they have to lie about everything and ooh, you know they ooh. fight a lot and oh. so it's you know it's okay. that exciting age. Ooh. Okay, Parents, mixed, no. bag. mixed bag, <laughs> mixed bag, <laughs> mixed bag, mixed bag. I'm ready for the lies. I'm ready. I can't wait for the lie. No, that's not true. Actually, I'm not ready no. for the lie. I say that now, yeah. and then watch like a year from now where I have some massive breakdown where I'm like, I can't believe my child lied to me. Oh yeah, oh. that's definitely coming. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah, it's coming, and it never stops oh. <laughs> once it starts. Oh, no. uh, So are there, are there any spirits or animals who live in your house? <laughs> well, I, we, do, we have four dogs, and we have, um, like, 20 chickens, and, um, and we have pet pigeons. We have, we have a lot of animals. But, um, <laughs> but my, house, my house, before we bought it, um, I learned afterwards, was evidently a... Um, some kind of like respite type of place where old people go to die and people take care of them. <gasps> so I'm sure there are spirits in my house. Yeah. If, if, if old folks and, went to die there, they are definitely just preoccupied yeah. with the chickens and the dogs I, right I'm now. I'm sure it's full of them. It's full of them. <laughs> and, and, and then it gets better because then after, after that, the house was sort of abandoned and I guess it became kind of a, a, a drug den and someone I know for a fact was shot and, Oh and God. killed on our front doorstep <laughs> at some point. Nice. So, um, anyway, sounds like a great neighborhood I know. But well, it's a lovely neighborhood now. But. Of course, of course. now my question is, have you asked your children if someone's telling them to lie at this point in time? <laughs> Are you like, like oh, some, because I, I keep sharing the story. I keep sharing the story of, like, when my daughter, Katie Bell, was like, two, like this three, or, like, living in this house, this old, like, 100-year-old house in Pasadena and the fireplace, and I come into the den one day, and she's, like, talking to the fireplace. And I'm like, Oh, Katie Bell, who are you talking to? And she's like, oh, the people in the fireplace. And I, you know, have made promises to myself that I'm always going to handle this kind of thing well. And so I say, oh, are they nice? Yeah. Are they telling you to do anything? <laughs> like lie to your mother or find the axe? So Right, right. That, Where does mommy keep the knives? That's right. Out on the cabinet, like everybody should with small children. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's. Is an amazing house. You have just hit all of our. Katie, yeah. Teresa's not going to be able to move forward without knowing what kind of. I know. Dogs I'm you sitting have. here what thinking the about the dogs, and I can't stop thinking all about right, the what dogs. Are the, who are the dogs? <laughs> the dogs are Crash and Truman, 
and Lola and Dewey. Are these big rompy stompy dogs, or are these? They're all they're all rescues. Dewey Dewey is the only big one. He's a three legged um, Chow German Shepherd mix. Oh, wonderful! And then Lola wonderful. is a Lola is a Chihuahua, yes, uh, of course, who was rescued from a house where where there was like nine hundred dogs and these old people that were hoarding. Oh. And um, the other two, Crash and Truman, are French bulldogs because I'm just that gay. Uh. So <laughs> that one wasn't enough. You have to have double. You have to have matching for a regard when you go it's out. One Frenchie's gay. <laughs> well, let's get into let's get into to talking more about uh, the other things, which seems completely weird. Every listener is going to be like, "Why would you do that? Keep talking about dogs and ghosts." Um, the forget the kids. Uh, so, one of the things that uh, I know is important to you. Uh, Given your your work and being out and and uh, being recognizable as as a you know with what you do is really pushing positivity around diversity, uh, especially you know for kids, and right. uh, which is we, we we're all aboard that train too. There's been a lot of train references today. I apologize, yeah. listeners, but. Um, it it is important, but before we get into talking a little bit about that, I, I feel like we can't move forward talking about it with you without talking about sort of your past. And you were raised in a conservative Mormon household uh, where I have to imagine positivity about diversity <laughs> was not <laughs> was not the norm. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about about that experience growing up and, and sort of how that plays into who you are now. Well, my well, I, this is interesting because my family actually converted to the Mormon Church huh. uh, when I was about eleven years old from Southern Baptist. So really, a parallel shift. That yeah. is a parallel shift. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And um, and I grew up in the South, so I, I there's you know three hits against me right there. But um, well, but I mean, as, a, as a Southerner, just to interrupt, as a Southerner myself, as a deep buckle Southerner of the belt, uh, I, it's really. The Mormon faith wasn't a very popular faith in the deep set. I mean, you know, growing up when no. I was growing up, I mean, like, that feels like a really deep place to be and an interesting choice for your parents to shift in that direction. It was, it was, it was. And I didn't really, of course, I was too young to sort of understand or yeah. care a whole lot at that point. But, you know, I think that what, what a lot of people don't get is that when, when you're, um, a Mormon, um, it's it's like, I, I kind of say it's like being Jewish in that there's a culture that surrounds that, mm. and and the way you think, the way you talk, the things you do, the people you see, your circle of friends are all Mormon. Um, it's, 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 it's a bubble yeah. that you're sort of in. And um, certainly, um, it's not conducive to being gay in any shape, <laughs> way, or form. Neither is Southern so Baptist. That, that but... was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and, and there's no, um, you know, there's no sort of, well, they, of course, they believe there's a cure for it. And I spent, I spent six or seven years in college um, at Brigham Young University wow. <laughs> um, trying to, doing reparative therapy and trying to turn straight. So th- there was a lot of shame. I mean, it's, it's, it's not atypical for any sort of religious family, Mormon or not, but, but, you know, there was so much shame and so much like guilt and dark places and, you know, it's an ugly, horrible place to be when the church, everything, your whole belief system mm. is telling you that there's something wrong with you. Right. You know, 
and, in your and, most and formative years. And that you're just not years. praying hard enough. Right. And, and it's like, in your that? most formative years. You know what I mean? like Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's just, and you're right. And then, as you say, you're just not praying hard enough. Like, that's somehow this fix for something that's not, doesn't need to be fixed. You know, I, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So. And, and and the whole, the Mormon take on it is, is a little bit different and very weird. And, and it, it, there's this whole belief that, like, before you come to this life on earth that you you sort of are able to somehow pre pre choose the challenges you want in life mm. and that the challenge i must have chosen was being gay so huh. i have to learn how to overcome that and that's my challenge in life to, you know and and that's just the biggest crock of you know <laughs> Seeing who I could think of. I mean, it's just setting you up for shame, right? Right, right. It's not the same as like I'm going to get over like a fear of spiders or something. Like that's the problem I've chosen for myself right. is like you know singing in public, right? Like it's a very right. difference. Yeah, that is intense. So, so it's like, why would I choose that? For right. Like, why would I? Yeah. Right. I want to choose something where people hate me and want to beat me up. Yeah, hate me for all my life. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. how did you, so so when did you uh, make a change for yourself? Well, it wasn't really until, I was sort of a late bloomer. I, I, I thought, God, I've got to do everything I can, everything my Mormon church leaders are telling me to do, and give that a shot. And I did that, and then after college, I moved to New York City. <laughs> <laughs> as, as young gay artists do. <laughs> <laughs> and that changed everything. Yeah, big imagine. surprise. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, no, that's, uh, that's, re- that's a prerequisite, actually, for all of my, my, my kids. It's just like, well, sure, you're going to go to college, and then you're also going to go to New York. <laughs> like, that's college right? number two is New York. Right. Yeah. Well, I had to, you know, the, the best thing for me, and I think for a lot of people that, that are in my, or, or currently in the situation I was in, is is removing yourself from that and, and experiencing other people and other ways of thinking and other, you know, avenues. And, and that's what it took for me was to get out of the Mormon bubble and be able to think for myself, not yeah. to be told what to think. So, um, that that's was like really hard. That's very impressive that you did. It's, it's really hard. I mean, not to compare the two, but like, I mean, we were really just talking earlier about how it's hard to even, get out of, you know, these sort of self-made bubbles that we make for ourselves, you know, sure. in our day-to-day life to, like, let stuff go or take the step to take a different approach, that's, like, really difficult for for people, especially when it's such a cultural and uh, lifestyle, you know, like a, which is or in religion. I mean, that's like so, it's that's such an important thing that people have, their faith. And to suddenly say, I'm not going to step out of this mm-hmm. uh, and see the world from a different perspective is really very brave. Well, <laughs> I, I thank you. But, you know, for me, it was a, and for so many kids, I think it, it was a life or death thing. For I me. know. I mean, literally, yeah. I could not go on living suffering that way anymore. And of course, like most gay kids, there were thoughts of suicide. Yeah. There were, you know, you know, my option is to live in misery. No, I don't. No, thank you. I'll, right. I'd rather not live. Right. And so, and and I wanted to live. So, I had to root out what was making me miserable, and that's what I did. So, well, let's. You know, that's something I think that's very relatable to many, many people uh, with a variety of circumstances. But I want to talk about something else that uh, you know, if we to 
sort of check the box of other things that find you incredibly sure. relatable uh, is that you adopted your children. And that's in itself a whole other world and process. And I, I was wondering if you could talk, because we have so many listeners who are adoptive parents and have been going through the process. And it's really been interesting. I've, we have a um, uh, one by mother adoption uh, group support you know, uh, online Facebook group that I've, I've gotten involved in just to sort of learn more and make sure we've got guests coming on who can address those sorts of issues. But I, there is so much to the adoption process that I have been able to blindly walk around not thinking about. <laughs> I just like very yeah. happily get to walk around and not think about, not out of uh, choice, just not thinking about, not presented with with uh, those things that happen in terms of that process outside of guests who have been very kind to point out <laughs> that they have <laughs> go through a lot more work than I did to have a kid. Um, so yeah. I, I just, could you talk a little bit about your process uh, with adoption? Sure. Yeah. It, it was, you know, I, we, I started the process about 10 years ago and, and luckily for me, I went into it very blind mm. um, because had I known what it was going to take, <laughs> it might've scared me away. Yeah. So, um, so I think that's good in a sense, but, but, you know, 10 years ago too, for a, a, a gay guy, the world was a very different place right. and it was scary and it, and it was barely an option. And, and there were still a lot of international options at that point, but, but I didn't have an extra 30 grand laying around <laughs> to, to try to make that happen. And, and so I thought, well, if I'm going to do this, let's, let's, look within my own community and my own neighborhood, there's kids right here, right now right. who need help. And so, um, my, my husband and I, at the time we were, we, we were, you know, we weren't married yet, but we decided we wanted to have a family. And so we started the process of becoming certified for adoption uh, and quickly found out that the, the one agency in the county in which we live in Arizona that had the license to do that or was able to grant us that license was Catholic Social Services. Mm. Um, so here's two gay guys knocking on the door of Catholic Social Services 10 years ago saying, hey, <laughs> right. you want a baby? And you're not even allowed and, to be, uh, we weren't even allowed to be married then. You know what I mean? Like that, no, 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 no. Like 10 years close. ago, there was no marriage yeah. uh, equality. And like, it Nothing. just, it is. So now it's, because I know that even as single people have a hard time with adoption. Yeah. Yeah. So now you've got, yeah. yeah, two gay men who are not married wanting to adopt. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then we, we pretty quickly found out that we could not adopt as a couple, even if we were married oh. at that time, um, because the state wouldn't recognize that and federally right. wouldn't be recognized either. So we ended up, um, I ended up adopting both my children in my name simply based on the fact that I had better health benefits than my husband. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. You know, that was the determining factor. And up until we were legally married a couple years ago, when, when equality, marriage equality sort of happened, um, uh, you know, at any point still, the kids, should something happen to me, could be taken away by the state, which is, which is frightening. The process, it was just, it was just never good for us, that situation. And, and, and we tried for three years mm. to adopt straight out. And, and they made it very clear to us that if we, if we were interested in a child um, that was free for adoption and a heterosexual single adult or couple came forward, we went right to the back of the line. Wow. So that, ha that happened over and over us for three years. And, and at one point there was a 13 year old boy who self-identified as, as trans. And we said, this is it. This is perfect. Yeah. This is the kid. I mean, who, you know, right. And, and they determined that, that we were not 
the right parents for him uh, and uh. sent him off to his third super uber Christian home that he ran away from within 24 hours. And, uh, and I, and still for, for about a year afterwards, I tried to find out what happened to this yeah. kid and they wouldn't allow me to know, but that's what we were facing. It was just that kind of that's door slam, door slam, door slam. Well, they were, yeah. you know, there's a, there's a expression that I am just learning as a result of being part of the adoption board. And it's, it's this, it's the, it's like a loss. It's like this adoption loss where the adoption doesn't go through. And it's very yeah. similar to, you know, losing a child. You've got everything because you have. You This was you were about to have this baby or this child or this, you know, in your life. Yeah, and you've waited and, and waited. And you've waited and, waited and you've waited and, waited and, like and you've done up. all the yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then you don't get to have that go through like the emotional toil that must take. It's horrible. It's, it's horrible. horrible. Jeez, Louise, yeah. that just—it's terrible. You just, but you, we, you know, luckily, we 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 ended up going the foster foster parent route, which most gay people did huh. at that time anyway, and still do in in large part. But um, and and that worked out great for us. We we we, you know, we had foster kids that we weren't able to adopt that we would have that went back to their families and ended up both of our children um, that we currently have were foster kids first. Well, let's talk about advocating for yeah. for when i mean it seems like there are a lot of experiences here that we should be talking about good ways to advocate for not only for kids who are going through the adoption process but also teaching uh creating a positive environment about diversity so let's talk a little yeah. bit let's talk a little bit about that because i feel <laughs> like it's actually for some of us that is a very easy natural thing to do that is how we were raised. Yeah. That is the, you know, we have been exposed to lots of uh, people and of all sorts of backgrounds. We have, you know, our parents put us in situations where we were able to to be exposed to, to these sorts of things. And we put ourselves in situations. But this is not always true for people. And I think for a lot of people who don't have that exposure, and it's not that there's anything wrong with not having that exposure, Lots of it's not like oh how dare you not go to New York City (laughs) like everybody's life is what their life is and sometimes it doesn't even affect us or we don't even question it until suddenly we have kids and our kids are going out into the world and they're bringing kids home and they're being exposed to to all these things that weren't what it was like for us when we were growing up for example Um, so let's I don't know talk to me and Teresa about this like what what are some things we can be doing. Even if we're great at it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) um, you you know, here's the thing. It's almost like I don't have a choice with my kids. First of all, my daughter, my daughter is African-American and she's deaf. So, and she's got two daddies. So we're sort of like, (laughs) where is your children's book? Where is your children's book? (laughs) I'm sorry, but like, like that is, you know, yeah. yeah. You know, I have to tell you that when we when we were checking out schools for our kids, um, and, and everybody told us, oh, there's this one school you must go to, you must go to, and it's the best. So we walked in, signed in, signed up, went to registration, like the, the parent orientation the first day, yeah. and all the parents around us were asking us, oh, my God, it took us four four tries, four years, took us six years to get in. How long did it take you? And like, we just walked in yeah. with a deaf black girl. So we were like, we're yeah. right the door. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. 
but um, but no, I think my my kids, you know, my kids have a dad who's you know professor by day and a and a kind of well known drag queen by night. Right. So it, our our circle of friends is incredibly diverse to begin <laughs> with, and and I think it's like, I just think it's so important to to expose them to as many cultures and people and types of lifestyles that there are. I mean. My, I, my kids, remember when the famous, the Diane Sawyer interview with Caitlyn Jenner came on, the oh, day yeah. coming out of Trends, and my kids were kind of watching it with us. I was really curious to see how they'd react. And my, my son, who, who was five at the time, said, what's going on? And I said, well, you know, he was born a man, but he feels like he's a woman inside, and, and so he's going to be a woman now. And he goes, oh, well, I'm a woman inside. And yeah. I said, what? And he goes, just kidding. <laughs> 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 But the fact that, you know, he, he can laugh about it and joke about it, that makes me happy. And, you know, I, and, and, and it sounds so cliche to say, you know, take your kids to cultural events and take them out in public and do those things. But, but how else are they exposed, you know? Well, I, 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 we grew up, I grew up in a very, you know, my, my school was probably half black, half white growing up, and I had that exposure. But none, no other cultures, right. no other stuff you know well that was my question was like i mean now get you know your life now like you said is totally set up to offer this you know to your kids and to the circle of friends that your kids grow up with um but that's not how you (laughs) were raised and so at all yeah so i like i i wonder how did that affect how you set this up? I mean, you couldn't have just gone overnight and been like, oh, yeah, let's go down to the, you know, no. like to the village and, and we're all set to go. Like, it, right. you know, it, there's. No, but I think I think it's like, you know, you, you as a, I remember as a kid, I mean, I, I knew I was different right. and, and I, I didn't know what gay was, but I knew I was different from from as long as I could remember yeah. that I liked boys in a different way than I liked girls. And, and I kept thinking. My entire life, and even now, I think, God, if there had been one person, mm. one single person in my entire life who said, I'm gay, do you want to talk about it? Or, hey, you want to talk about what it means to be gay? Or, I like boys. I mean, just one half a door open, yeah. like cracked open. What a difference that would have made in my life. And, what, and, 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 the, and the damage I could have avoided. And, the, you know, just the, the darkness that I could have you know, not have lived through maybe. Um, so I, you know, I, I, opportunity for kids, and we don't know what's inside our kids, you know, right. what they're thinking or who they are or what they're going to be, but, but giving them the opportunity to experience things and age appropriate, of course, right. but, but to see that, that the way we live isn't the only way that people live, um, give them the chance to see and, and talk and express themselves and ask questions. My parents never, ever ask questions. Mm, and, that's and, a good point. You know, and and and, and, or, and my mom swears that she taught us about the birds and the bees. I said, no, that was sixth grade Miss Carver's science class, mom. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but even that stuff, you know, it's like, uh, I, I guess I just feel like you got to be so open with your kids, appropriately open, but open. Right. I mean, like, I, my, my dear mother, who's still devoutly Mormon, very liberal Mormon, but devoutly Mormon, <laughs> comes and spends a month with us every winter. And I, it used to piss me off that she would like try to Jesus, Jesusify my children. <laughs> um, but, but now it's like, I'm glad that they, they get that from her yeah. because they get to choose now what they want to believe and what, 
they get exposed to that religious part of life that I'm not going to give them. That's correct. That's so absolutely correct. It makes yeah. them a better person, you know, yeah. more rounded and, and, and understanding. And even if it is something I don't agree with, I want them to know about it. Well, right. Exactly. And to know, like, that not all people who believe that are, like, bad other people. Right. Like, exactly. Know. Exactly. Well, Tempest, we really could talk forever, uh, but we can't uh, because... That's, that's why. That's, you promised me we could talk forever. I know. <laughs> well, we clearly have to have you back. <laughs> just, uh, so I just want to say thank you for coming on and talking to us about your experiences. And it, it's just it's such a great opportunity for us to do exactly what we just said, to learn about what other people are doing and going through and what their experiences are like, which helps us make ourselves better and make our little people go out and be better too well, sure. so, uh, th- well, thank you for what you do what you're doing is great I mean people need an opportunity to talk and think about it yeah. and that's what you're giving them so I appreciate that very much well <laughs> thank you thank very you. much uh, and we will talk again soon thank you so much I hope so okay thank you bye-bye bye-bye confused by terms like cultural appropriation, cisgender, and woke? Or maybe you find yourself constantly explaining terms like these and you need a place to vent. Do you have a love for all things pop culture, social commentary, and politics? Sounds Sounds like like you you need need Minority Minority Corner! Where you can learn, laugh, and play. Sounds like Blue's Clues. Only it's more black, gay, and ladylike. James and Aneke will happily administer your weekly dose each and every Friday. You can listen on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcast. Minority Corner. With the K. Because the, the C, C was taken. Hi. Are you a fan of Star Trek The Next Generation? Well, that's weird because it's a corny show. But my friends Ben Harrison and Adam Pranica do a lovely podcast about it. It's called The Greatest Generation, and it's on MaximumFun.org. I thought that this podcast was a bad idea, but I was wrong. Please listen to The Greatest Generation on MaximumFun.org. That was really great. Yeah. I just... That was fun. Yeah. I liked him very, very much. Yeah, he's doing a great job. Yeah, he is doing a remarkable (laughs) job. Oh, my God. He is doing a remarkable job. Yeah. Um, Speaking of people who are doing a remarkable job, let's take a moment and listen to a mom have a breakdown, and then we're going to have a lot to wrap up on today. (laughs) Hi, Wonder Mother. Uh, This is a a rant. Um, My... My day started with, um, well, I've, I work from home and work's been ramping up and I have a two-year-old daughter and she's in daycare three days a week and I have a four-month-old daughter and she's at home and I thought, you know, I'll just get a babysitter for the in-between days to take care of both of them so I can get like, some concentrated work done. So the babysitter shows up at nine o'clock and First, I spend the first half hour with getting the baby nursed into sleep, and then um, she goes to sleep, and then, like, an hour later, uh, 
when she wakes up, I bring her out to the to the babysitter, and um, my two year old realizes that I'm around and she could be hanging out with me instead. And so she has a total meltdown. So she spends the rest of the time until her nap time um, sitting on my lap while I'm in the uh, bedroom trying to get some work done and giving them the rest of the apartment because I live in Brooklyn. So I live in a small apartment. Um, uh, so. It, it, what it happens, the baby is crying with the babysitter the entire time. My two-year-old is sitting on me the entire time until it's her bedtime, and then she won't let the babysitter touch her, so I change her diaper and put her to bed, and then it's time for the baby to eat again, so I feed the baby, and I pay the babysitter $72 for four hours, in which I got very little work done, and nearly any work done alone. Um, and uh, then I had a conference call that was supposed to start at 2 o'clock, but it started at 2.30, and my daughter, who usually sleeps till 3, woke up at 1.45 screaming, so I just had to leave her in her crib screaming um, until the call was over, which was when I had to get off early from the call at 3.30, because uh, both kids were always screaming. Um, and I just thought that a babysitter would be the solution, and I thought I could manage it and now I'm walking around the four months old because she it's seven o'clock at night and my husband and daughter are eating dinner and she, she the baby wakes up like super awake in the middle of the night and the only thing I can think of to do is have her nap and keep her up later in the evening and I don't even decide I don't think it's gonna work if she's not falling asleep. Uh, yeah. It it just feels so hopeless. Um and one day it's going to feel like it works, but it just hasn't yet. Um, but thank you. Thank you for your show, and I really appreciate it. This is really long. I apologize. Bye. Bye. Uh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. That is really, Trish and I are both just like. <laughs> yeah. It's. That's really hard. It's so hard. That is really. What happened is it true? Yeah. It's true. Yeah. That happened. It's like one of those movies where you're like, this is based on a true story. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Everything that happened in your house that day is true. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if it never happens like that again. Mm-hmm. Because that truth is is with you. It's part of you now. That frustration, how hard that was, the disappointment of thinking you had a solution and it not being the solution, uh, and the frustration of, of realizing that you couldn't balance everything that day and is really awful. Yeah. It's awful. <laughs> it's awful and it's hard. And... I am really sorry that that was your day. Totally. It was an impossible situation. It was really. Like, you you actually handled it great. Yeah. I mean, you, you Talk did. Talk about changing gears. You had to change everything that day. Yeah. And, and you had to do impossible things. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was way too much. Way too much. But I, you did it. You really did. Yeah. And... I, I don't I, like, I don't even want to like insult what happened I know, that day by I know. saying anything about 
what tomorrow will bring. So we're not going to. No. We're just going to let this be. And we're sending you a major hug. Yeah. Like a mental hug. Oh, my God. You are remarkable. Yeah. You're amazing. You are amazing. Yeah. You are doing a really good job. Yes, you are. Teresa, what did we learn today? We've been on a real roll and not learning a lot. <laughs> uh, okay. We learned a lot of true things today. Uh-huh. Let's, let's put, I'm going to take Teresa's interesting insight okay. into how do I look at this? Do yeah. I look at this in a, in a gloomy, why is it always raining on me kind of day? Or am I going to look at this in a positive that that happened. That's a thing that happened. Uh-huh. Uh, wh- okay, and move on, kind of way. So let's let's see if we can address what we learned today. That in that way. Okay. So we learned that changing gears is hard. Yeah, that's a thing that ha- things it's happen. It's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, and it is in no way a reflection on the fact that we are still great. Yeah, we're great. We're still great. Yeah. We're the best, guys. And we're getting really good at this. We're getting really good at this. And we don't need anybody to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> we learned we're going to put up a lot of new stickies mm-hmm. around the house mm-hmm. that say things like, that's a thing that just happened. <laughs> and uh, you're doing, oh, you're still doing a great job. Uh-huh. Hey, Biz, you still, you look great. Yeah. You smell nice. <laughs> and you love your kids. And you love Stefan. <laughs> Remember that. <laughs> so lots of stickies. Um, I think we also learned that, you know, part of parenting and part of the things like when we're, <laughs> if we feel like we're failing at lots of other things in parenting, mm-hmm. we can always, every time we run out of the house with our children to try and break the monotony of the house, mm-hmm. What we can be running towards is exposing them to the wonderful world that is around us. The world is not a horrible, scary place. Diversity is not a horrible, scary thing. <laughs> I know that it can feel like there can be some sort of danger mm-hmm. or fear of exposing our kids to things that we may not have been exposed to. Yeah, or like a fear that if, if you put yourself in that situation, you're going to expose yourself as not being comfortable yeah. in a weird, different situation. That's right. I that's... shouldn't even call it weird because it wouldn't be weird. But like, yeah, but for, you know, yeah, I mean, like, here's the thing. We all grew up one way, guys. Yeah. That, that's a that's a reality. Yeah. How our kids grow up is going to be totally different from us. Right. <laughs> no matter how hard we try and make them watch the things that we used to like. <laughs> um, you will love the Brady Bunch. Um, they do. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, it, it, I think that's another great takeaway is let's go out and expose ourselves, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> everybody, you are doing a remarkably good job. Yes, you are. Really. Yep. Stuff happens. It does. It keeps happening. It's going to keep happening. Yep. The one constant is that you are here yep. doing your best. Yeah. Whatever your best is in that particular situation. Yep. You are remarkable. Teresa? Yes. You are doing a very good job. Thanks, Biz. So are you. Thank you. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. I got to load
down, mama blues. I got to slow down, mama blues. Got to slow down, mama blues. Slow down, mama blues. Got to slow down, mama blues. Got to slow down, mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you are listening. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. If you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show, then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, Daddy, baby, fussing by, got thrown down Mama Blue. Oh, said Daddy, baby, fussing by, got thrown down Mama Blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.